Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the final film in the DCEU is here. Let's review it. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom was directed by James Wan and stars Jason Momoa, Patrick Wilson, Amber Heard, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Nicole Kidman, Dolph Lundgren, Randall Park, and Tamora Morrison. Black Manta, still driven by the need to avenge his father's death and wielding the power of the mythic Black Trident, will stop and nothing to take Aquaman down once and for all. To defeat him, Aquaman, Aquaman must turn to his imprisoned brother Orm, the former king of Atlantis, to forge an unlikely alliance in order to save the world from irreversible destruction. Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning, and it's been a while since I put out a full proper review of something, and today I'm going to be discussing Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Now, I was initially supposed to put out this review a couple of hours ago, a good amount of time before the review embargo lifts, which by the way, I'm not breaking. I saw this movie at a public screening. The movie's been out here for over 36 hours, almost 48 hours actually. But I was supposed to see the movie yesterday. Unfortunately, something came up. I saw the movie today instead. And now I'm going to be giving you guys my review of the movie. This will not contain any spoilers. As you will likely know if you've been listening to me for quite a while, long time. I was a big fan of the first Aquaman movie. I watched it again a couple of days ago. Still had an absolute blast with it. And I was really excited to have this movie build on what that movie set up and just give me another good time at the movies at the time of the year where I just love a good, big budget blockbuster, especially during the time of year where I'm being catching up on all these Oscar films. It's really great to take a break from that and just have a fun, dumb time at the movies. And I was really hoping Aquaman and Lost Kingdom would give me more of that. Now, this is, of course, also the final film in the DCEU, and that does bring it quite a bit of baggage. Now, just let you know right off the bat, I would really advise against going into this movie expecting any type of closure for the universe. It is very much a standalone film. It pretty much only references the first Aquaman film without giving away spoilers. It could exist in pretty much any universe if you didn't know any, if you didn't get anything other than the references to the first Aquaman movie. So I really would not go in with that expectation, which I've heard some people saying. This is a standalone film that wants to tell its own story and does not really tie into the larger universe. With that said and all that set up out of the way, let's get started. Again, giving my non-spoiler review. And this film, very much like the first, maybe to not as much of an extent, is just a fun fantasy action spectacle that provides many, many moments of pure entertainment and joy and fun. James Wan is a very creative director and, and such a visionary. He has a great eye for putting stuff on the big screen and entertaining a, a packed audience and entertaining a large variety of audiences from all over the world. That's why a lot of his films have made so much money. His Fast and Furious film is the highest grossing film in the franchise, can partly help by the very untimely and unfortunate death of Paul Walker, but it, did, but it doesn't help that people love that movie and really enjoyed it, and he was one of the biggest reasons why. He's also directed some great horror films, which is what he's best known for. And he did a great job on the first one, bringing a very different flair to comic book movies, bringing this kind of very cheesy and, you know, fun tone, very campy, a bit of a throwback vibe, while also feeling very modern, but also being really creative with the visuals. I think that holds true here. There's some really great creature designs, again, kind of going back to his horror roots. There's some really great moments of horror where there's a couple really cool shots particularly towards the back half of the movie that definitely reminded me of his horror work. And honestly, I wish there were more. And I wish there were more sequences that were kind of similar to the trench scene in the first movie. There isn't really any of that, but I wish there was more. There's some really great action choreography when it's not cut up. It's hard hitting. 
and you can see all of that's going on and it's very dynamic and he has a really great eye for cinematography a lot of the, the camera work is extremely dynamic it's moving constantly despite the amount of visual effects in this movie and i think that's extremely impressive and once again james wan definitely delivers the goods but for me at least i think jason momoa and patrick wilson's dynamic definitely carry the movie on its back and without them I really do think this movie would have been a complete misfire, and I'll get into that a bit later. But the relationship between Aquaman, Arthur Curry, and Orm, formerly Ocean Master, really does make the movie much more watchable than it is when they're not on screen. They have a really fun brotherly dynamic, but also it starts off a little stiff, and I was a little unsure if it was going to work by the end. But as the movie went along, I think it worked so much better, and I honestly wish it was more of the focus. Like I feel like right off the bat they should have had a plot that just put those two together and almost solely have them together on a different kind of plot than this movie has and i'll also get into that a bit later but between them there's some genuinely hilarious moments there's some really funny running gags in a movie which i'm in comic book movies in particular i think don't have a great track record especially when with movies like say thor love and thunder this movie is genuinely funny now i've noticed this year when it comes to humor and me mentioning which movies i find funny some people clearly have very different humorous tastes than me so I'm not going to guarantee that you'll find this movie funny but I think the two actors give it so much energy and Jason Momoa as always he's so fun to watch and he seems like such a great guy and I just love seeing him in movies if you've listened to any of my reviews with him in the movie you always know that he's always one of my favorite parts of any of those movies part of it is the nature of the movies he's picking and them not being the best choices but when it comes to this film you can tell he's having a blast and the dynamic between the two characters is again, it's funny, it develops throughout the movie. It's not like the most well-written brother relationship I've ever seen in any movie, but I think it works well enough. And I think going along with that to a degree, but I think Jason Momoa has really great chemistry with all of the other actors, and I really liked the father-son relationship between him and his father, Thomas Curry, played by Tomorrow Morrison. It is definitely not the focus of the movie, but I liked it for the few scenes it was in, and I think it almost created some mispotential, and I'll get into that in just a little bit. This movie definitely continues to build on the lore of kind of the King Atlan and the Seven Kingdoms under the sea and what Atlantis was built off of. And I think it definitely leans into the weird of DC and comic book mythology in a way that really excites me as a fan of these characters on the big screen, but also on the pages they originate from. And I really liked DC. I really like whenever DC or Marvel lean into stuff that's just so insanely wacky and very, very niche stuff in terms of lore and i think this movie does a lot of that even if again it is very cliche and very derivative of a lot of what we've seen before and i'll get into that as well a bit later and this movie definitely also has a bit more of an indiana jones adventure vibe than the first film and i really liked that kind of feel and there's a particular sequence about halfway through this movie that is almost entirely filled with references to indiana jones and other films that take place on islands adventure style stuff and it provides for some very fun shenanigans that i certainly enjoyed and I think like as a whole, this is, was an entertaining watch and one that I could see myself going back to one day, but not anytime soon. However, this movie, I feel like, is less airtight than the first movie and definitely feels less like what James Wan in, intended to do on the whole when he set out to make this film. For one, I think the VFX in this movie is a big mixed bag. Now, when it comes to the first movie... A lot of it looked very goofy. It had this very cheesy energy to it. And this movie definitely has that. But a lot of the visual effects, I thought, still looked great. Even when I watched it a few days ago on a 4K TV with the disc and all that. 
as good as quality as you can get that movie. And I did not notice too much that looked that bad. When it comes to this film, there's some really cool looking stuff and stuff that looks very well polished. But then there's some really unfinished and really awful CGI that I was really surprised was in this movie considering they've had over two years of post-production, which is not in any way normal for a film of this scale. And sometimes it's just a glob of CG on the screen. Like there are scenes where there is only CGI. And I think James Wan with, you know, this creativity with the camera makes the most of it. But it doesn't help that it's just a big bleh mess of computer effects. And that it's just not real. There's no reality to ground those moments. And some of the underwater effects looked really bad this time. I think part of this is because of the editing of this movie and how frantic it is, which I will get into extensively in just a second. But some of the underwater effects looked significantly worse than the first one. I think that's a big issue when you have a movie that it can have as long of a production process, post-production process, as this movie did. And I also feel like the Arthur being a father and kind of that aspect of this movie, which has been shown in the trailers, is not a spoiler, was kind of wasted. Him having to balance that and being a king, kind of his distaste for being a king and all that, his season in the trailers, I feel like it's such a ham-fisted part of this movie that really in a different version could have just been completely cut out but i feel like it did have potential and i do think it was wasted and i feel like at the end of the day both those two things are definitely more plot devices than they are meaningful things for arthur curry to go through in this film and i was a bit disappointed by that and the other thing i think the pacing of this movie is a bit off i think the scenes with aquaman and orm and any action scene is really fun to watch and they move very fast but man, the villain sequences that focus on the villains in this film, whether that's Black Manta and his little crew he's with, feel so slow. And I think those mixed elements and kind of that pacing issue leads into the biggest issue with this movie, and that is that it is so choppily edited and cobbled together by reshoots. Like this movie, from everything we've heard, has had tons of reshoots, largely because of some very mixed test screening results, which I'm kind of surprised by having seen this movie and seeing how much stuff there is to enjoy but I do understand it and that's that this movie is one of those movies you can just tell was just chopped up in the edit edit bay constantly reworked stuff being moved around tons of ADR like there's so much ADR that you can just tell was going on I was kind of surprised they got away with some of it and felt like it was okay to release and it almost felt like this movie had a mandate that it had to be under two hours not including credits because I feel like with the amount of plot beats we're hitting in this movie, even though the story is very simple and very generic and very cliche, this movie feels a lot shorter than it should be. And because of that, it's just rushing through some of these big moments. Everything is being glossed over. There are massive moments that have very high stakes, like a particular sequence at Aquaman's house. I'm not going to say what happens. It's been teased in the trailers. And the stakes just feel non-existent because we're just rushing through the sequence so that we can get to the end of this movie. And the editing is very frantic and probably probably because they ran out of time due to the amount they were constantly changing. And the plot feels kind of directionless and the particular quest, like there's a sequence involving Black Manta about at the, towards the beginning of this movie that feels like it just goes on way too long. And then there's another sequence involving him and something that Aquaman and Orm kind of follow him up on that feels like it again, could have been completely cut out the movie and it would have made no difference. And because of that, they seem kind of unclear. And the goal of certain characters in a lot of the sequences do feel very unclear. Again, like they weren't fully polished. And like the script was almost accelerated into the production stage instead of actually thinking everything through. 
And going along with that, there are some insane plot conveniences in this movie. Now, I'm usually very kind when it comes to letting go of particular moments that feel very cheap and plot points that just feel very, you know, stuff that just happened without much flow or buildup. When it comes to this film, there are some things, especially in the third act of this movie, that are so convenient and anticlimactic that I feel like is just so underwhelming compared to what was done before. And again, kind of adds to the whole, we just want to get to the end of this movie as quickly as possible. And Augman Lost Kingdom has this very weird on and off pacing to it, like I mentioned earlier. And the first 30 to 45 minutes of this movie, I thought were a slog to get through. Like they are so much longer than they should be and feel like they are because like it feels so much longer than they should, than they actually are. Because, again, a lot, all of the energetic stuff in this movie, like the relationship between Aquaman and Orm, a lot of the action is just missing in the first, like, 40 minutes. And there's so much time. I would say in the first 40 minutes, there is as much runtime dedicated to Black Manta and what he's doing as Aquaman and all kind of the main characters. And it's just kind of baffling because of the fact that it's so unengaging. And I think a big part of that is something that I think James Wan really struggles with in these Aquaman movies and even more so in this movie than the last, and that is exposition. Because, oh my God, there is so much exposition to give in this film. And so much of it is just done so lazily. It's just done, again, in such like a unimportant way, but it's also just big details. But there are just extended sequences of just people spitting exposition, and it's just not fun to watch. And I think that's a lot of the issues that come with the villain side of this movie. And speaking of that, I was not a big fan of the way they handled Black Manta and the villain side of this movie. I don't think it really worked. Again, I like the whole mythology they were trying to incorporate in concept. And I like that they were ambitious enough to go for some very, I wouldn't say heady stuff, but some very out there stuff. But what they actually do with Black Manta and the way they actually frame him as the villain of this movie and how he actually acts and his motivations what he's driven by i think completely went again went against and wasted what they set up in the first film because while i think the first film had a lot of problems and but it was still such a fun movie and i like black manta's inclusion in terms of i like yaya abdul mateen the second's presence and i still do i think that he's wasted in this movie because there's a particular plot device they do with him that i really don't like in comic book movies and they go with it almost right off the bat and again, it's, it's kind of a bit like what you'd see in a James Wan horror film. I'm not going to get into too much more of that. But it takes the intriguing setup of him wanting revenge on Aquaman because of what he did to his father and just leaving him for dead. And it kind of just throws it in the bin. And Black Manta, the most iconic Aquaman villain of all time, is just pretty much reduced to spouting the most cliche villain dialogue you've ever heard. And... Just it really unnecessarily complicates and wastes the revenge aspect of his story. And I feel like they already had a good enough setup, and I don't understand why they felt the need to shove in this extra entity to be the villain. And you'll see you'll see what I mean when I when I, when you know you've seen the movie yourself. But I mentioned that I like the lore stuff, but I don't like that don't like it being used in this story, which is kind of at the end of the day, Black Manta's revenge is supposed to be the main thing driving this. And again, I just feel like his side of the story and stuff with Randall Park's character just takes up too much screen time, and I really did not think he was very good in this movie either. And this movie, in my opinion, falls into the ever-expanding bag of very mediocre and acceptable comic book movies. And I feel like this same movie, had it been released 
eight years ago, in the peak of comic book movies, when we were getting Guardians of the Galaxy, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Deadpool, X-Men Days of Future Past, if this movie was released in that era, it would almost feel kind of refreshing. Like, oh, we have all these really great movies, and then we just kind of have this B-movie that's just some fun to watch. It's schlocky. It's entertaining. It's cheesy. But being released now, it just feels like yet another film to go on that pile that has a very derivative and cliche plot. There's not much on an emotional level to connect with. And I feel like because of that, it is a bit of a disappointing follow-up to the first film. I don't think it's quite as entertaining. It's not quite as watchable throughout. It doesn't have as many memorable moments. But at the same time, I think it's still a fun enough B-movie that's very much, again, a fast food kind of entertainment. And personally, for me, it is my kind of fast food entertainment. So because of that, I had fun with this film. But I do think this will be a film that's very divided. And there are people who enjoy this movie and have fun with the adventure and Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson, but other people who just say this is just yet another comic book movie that fails to deliver anything new. And I think both those views are completely fair when it comes to this film. I had fun. I like the goofy aspect. I love James Wan as a director. He brings so much that's interesting visually, but the movie is very choppy. It is a slog to get through a lot of sequences of the film, and the villain part of the movie did not work for me really at all. I'm going to give Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom a C+. So my recommendation for this movie is going to be kind of interesting because I don't think this is all that great of a movie. It's really not all that good even, but I just had fun with it. It's entertaining. It's definitely a lot like the first movie while maybe not being quite, while me not being quite as positive on it, but I definitely had fun, but there are tons of issues here and this movie being in the works for as long as it has, I don't think they quite reached the full potential of what a sequel to that first film can be. And this movie just on a structural level, on an edit level, has so many problems that just constantly plague it throughout the runtime, even with a very entertaining, you know, lead or leads at the forefront of this film. And honestly, I just wish they had more focus than they eventually get, because again, there's so much screen time put to the villains. So for recommendations, if you're a fan of DC films, you like the first Hawkman, you like that campy vibe, you like James Wan as a director, I recommend you check this movie out in theaters. If you've got the time, it's not when you have to rush out to see it all. If you've got, you're going to go see a movie this holiday season, this is not going to be your best choice. But if you just want a fun, schlocky comic book movie, this is kind of your only choice. But other than that, I do recommend this is one that you just wait to rent at home. It's nothing special, but I think a lot, some people will have enough fun of it. Some people who are tired of comic book movies, they will not be convinced by this film at all. So thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I will catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.